welcome to the Book Talkies podcast, a unique show where we take you into the wonderful world of books. On this platform, I, Anirudh, and I, Kaustub, will be conversing about the books we have read and come to love. Our purpose for this podcast is to make you fall in love with books. As we discuss our perspective on some bestsellers and hidden treasures, we hope to persuade our listeners to join us on this splendid journey of reading. And now, let's dig right in. Hey Anirudh, how are you? Hey Kostub, I'm good. How are you? Wishing you a very happy Holi. Oh yes, the festival of colors. A happy Holi to you and to our listeners as well. Thank you very much. I wish our book had been more colorful, you know, but unfortunately it is not, so to speak. The book we'll talk about, as as you know, uh, is called Mouse, written by Art Spiegelman. And this book was recommended to me by a very special person. And it was her first graphic novel. And she just said, KB, you got to read this. I was like, graphic novel? I've never read a graphic novel. But she said, no, this is, this is, this is different. I'm like, okay, yeah, let's let's give it a try. And I read it and Anirudh, then I hand it over to you. And then we decided we have to speak about it. And uh, if I can just come in here said, for a second, come in here for a second. For me, they were all comics, uh, Batman, Superman, they were all comics. But uh, <laughs> the respect for comics has changed. I, I call them graphic novels as well now. <laughs> exactly, so, graphic novels. Comics, right. graphic novels. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we thought, why not, why not? Let's get that person on board as a guest speaker, as as a first ever guest speaker on the book talkies. So luckily, that person uh, is my partner, stays with me, and is my soulmate. Let me introduce Amruta to our listeners. Hey, Amu. Hello. Hi, Amruta. Glad okay, to so have first, you here. Yeah. First <laughs> yes. question. First question. Aren't you proud to be on the book talkies podcast? Proud. Uh-huh. Excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm nervous as well. I'm nervous as well. It's yeah. more like Kapil Sharma asking if you're on the Kapil Sharma show. <laughs> How does that feel? <laughs> yeah, and and okay, first of all, thanks a lot to be as our first guest speaker on the Book Talkies. Let, let me ask you this question, Amu. Why did you pick up this book? Um, like you said, it was I was also thinking about comics and I thought, okay, it's not really something great. And, and mm-hmm. it's DC, Marvel, these are the things that come to your mind, right? Things which yeah. you read when you were as like when you were kids. Yeah. But I came across this as a only graphic novel that has got a Pulitzer Prize. And I came to know that it's not just a graphic novel, it it's been part of a lot of schools' curriculums outside. That's when I realized, okay, this is something which is not just any other Holocaust uh, kind of a story, but there are many yeah. out there. And obviously, yeah. every story is important and to know what happened there is important. But this one stood out compared to those. Yeah, I, I haven't read any any Holocaust book other than this one. I've just heard about uh, the, the most common one, right? Anne Frank, The Diary of Anne Frank. I still haven't read that. But Anirudh, I think you have, right? Yeah, I, I've read a couple of books. books one being Mankampf yeah. and the other was uh-huh. The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Both uh-huh. were proper books. So it was a good positive change for me to look at the graphics of it, even though they were horrifying. 
it was a good yeah. change to look at how it was experienced it to be able to relate to it much better right exactly right. exactly right. um amu so what was what really stood out in this book what do you think was 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 like the okay this is a defining book and everyone should read so like i said just the initial information about it got me interested mm-hmm. right and i i i was curious what exactly is mm-hmm. it about and i started reading this another thing which is unique okay it just mm-hmm. doesn't get into a story mm-hmm. the way art has written this is basically he has even included his own story he's written the process right. of writing the book he has included everything about his interviews with his father and everything in the present as well so the story you know, within the story yeah exactly exactly so you get to see him you get to see his personality his psychology it was it was really unique true you know what what really was was very really different for me is the way art defined different people as as animals so for our readers when they will pick this book up the book is called mouse right so mouse m a u s is actually mouse m o u s e in english he has represented jews as mouse then i think the nazis as cats and americans as dogs and i just wonder why did he pick up why did he actually choose these these animals to represent these these people right uh, what do you think amu so i think um one of the main points always discussed about it maybe even in a negative way right that people don't mm-hmm. like the way he has done this people don't like the idea that people are uh, being portrayed as animals or even mice yeah yeah and maybe i won't be able to really guess why he chose these but from my perspective one thing is definitely cats and mouse uh, tom and jerry onwards it has always been the you know the fight the struggle between them that is definitely one thing but mm-hmm. again it could also portray them as how nazis saw jews at the moment right they thought of right. them as probably vermin you know pests or right. maybe it can also be a positive thing because mice are resourceful right True. they they save themselves they are quick they are fast so i don't know there are so many things that you can actually th- you know think of in this true yeah but it was not always like this right you know the, we we only know about auschwitz what jews went through in during that period but it was okay times you know uh, we can't really say how it was but but probably before it was bad i don't want to use the exact term but it was terrible before that life was okay and anirudh i think the books that you have read it was always talking about during the auschwitz That's and right. how people survived yeah so what was your take on when when you got to know the life that uh, a, a normal uh, jewish person was leading in poland or in that geography yeah so i think pre world war 2 poland was as you mentioned as normal as one could imagine so vladik uh, mm-hmm. spiegelman the author's father around whose life this entire story the the book mouse is revolving around used to yeah. work in the textile industry and though he wasn't living the most luxurious life he was able to make a living out of it the story towards the initial part is about how bladik and anna who ends up being his life partner how they meet through a common friend they get introduced she ends up becoming his life partner who eventually also becomes the only source of hope when they are through the tormentous period of auschwitz 
they meet yeah. they talk every day they meet in person they become fond of each other now while vladik comes from a very humble and middle class background anna comes from a very rich family successful millionaire industrialists post their marriage both of them move into their father-in-law's apartment a typical lifestyle mm-hmm. vladik has some of his savings his father-in-law pitches in supports him to be able to set up a textile factory and uh, this is also around the time of 1937 where in some parts of poland there are stories of arrests of the communist supporters who, who came into mm-hmm. came to be heard of those stories came into the picture early 1938 uh, the year after that so during one of vladiks and anna's visits to czechoslovakia they for mm-hmm. the first time see the nazi swastika flag soaring high in the center of the town but uh, yeah. i'll i'll leave it in the able hands of amrita to talk about how things were post this because I think from my perspective they were dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the uh, if we even think about the Jews during that period pre-Nazi I don't know when to start calling it as a Nazi period. That's why mm-hmm. I keep referring to it as the Nazi noose which sort of tightened over a period of time. But when we think of them, right? These were not people who were new to the area or something right these were people who were living there for generations who were patriotic about their country right they even fought for their these countries they fought for poland they fought for germany the german jews fought for germany during the world war 1 these were people who knew and felt that they belonged there right? right they did not have the feeling that we are different in a way right right and I think they they didn't see this as a threat so much Nazis as a threat so much maybe for them it was initially just like a political propaganda or like just some gangsters you know people who are making noise at the moment true and will sort of go away right and this this book is very unique in my mind you know because as as Anirudh mentioned it's it's about Vladik and his wife Anya and I always imagine if I were Vladik, you know, in that period, and you being Anya, how easy or difficult it would be to go to that length that this character went, right? The 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 sheer hope of of trying or or doing everything possible to get back or to be with with his wife, you know, I think that's that that defines his character. There are multiple flaws. Uh, the relationship between Vladik and his son Art, who actually has written the book, Auschwitz does that to you, right? Auschwitz kind of defines, mm. it breaks you, but then it recreates you in a very mean way. You're very self-centered. You always have that survival man's mindset, and that's what Vladik had throughout. And Amu, I would want you to focus on, you know, what made him become that character. Uh, you know, this resourceful, this this opportunistic, self-centered. and that i'm sure everything happened during the auschwitz period right so if you can maybe highlight something about it yeah yeah and actually art mentions this himself right he shows that guilt of the way he's portraying his father he uh-huh. does say that you know i feel bad that i'm portraying him in this way but that's who he is right yeah and probably what made him that way it's definitely auschwitz and holocaust has definitely you know played, played a huge role the way it has it started initially it would be something like just some fights or some curfews or riots mm-hmm. in places and slow and steady the way they, the nazis increased the strictness the rules mm-hmm. 
you know you you would need to have coupons to buy food even something simple as sugar or you know bread you wouldn't get it beyond the limit of your coupons and this is the initial beginning right where even then the jews are sort of going through it and they're sort of getting used to it they're still not right uh, i suppose the word is afraid maybe or, or they're just they're disturbed mm-hmm. and, and slow and steady this increases we see that businesses are being taken over managers are now nazis more or less right mm-hmm. these guys are either kicked out of their own businesses or now from being the managers or the owners they are now actually the workers there right and here this the nature of ladic that you mentioned right sort of you can start seeing it here the survival uh, attitude you see that he realizes okay what are the important jobs what are the important trades that you can get into right it's right. it's you learn things like tin work these are the kind of things which from that point of view start becoming important right Correct. you need to be important in that society if you're not you might be just thrown out you need to be useful i think got cobbler as well uh, that helped him quite a lot exactly that's yeah. right yeah you see that in him now he starts learning these things right he starts focusing yeah. on these things and he is still i think hopeful in many ways right if you remember a friend of his asks him if you know the anya and ladik should send their son with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with them and they say no they 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 have the fear that no they shouldn't get separated and and there isn't that much of a need to send their son away from them correct so you still see that hope in him in them but right. uh, like i said the noose is tightening the noose is still tightening you you then see that the nazis start moving the jews around they tell them that you know we want you to move out of your own homes and start moving into these smaller ghettos or or these smaller places you might as well call them a prison prison as well right mm-hmm. because the the space the food the rules everything this is like a completely new society slash prison that they have created yeah. and the jews now have to live there as per their rules right, right? I, i have this question i, I mm-hmm. always wondered if all of us if three of us would have been living during that time would we have ever imagined that moving from what you said right from established rules then moving people around and then ultimately to auschwitz would we even have the power of that imagination that ultimately uh, a disaster like auschwitz would happen i don't think so i, I, I don't think, think so, so. yeah we never imagine that people are capable of that kind of horrible atrocities right right so we know that he is a survivor that that's a good end to the to his character to his story but anything that you would want to share how he lived in auschwitz i mean uh, that is one of the gruesome parts of of the Correct. whole story right and and again being a graphic novel what i like about this is we have the diagrams i yeah. mean there are those as they're bad exactly exactly <laughs> so it actually shows us the design of one of the gas chambers and because he was there because ladik himself in fact right before the russians were coming in and the nazis were trying to run away he hmm. was part of the team ladik was part of the team that was asked to sort of demolish the one of the gas chambers of course the, right. the nazis by that time were sort of scared 
and afraid that the outside world is going to find out what is it that they did right. and and they are trying to hide and then cover their tracks right so vladik is on the team and that's why he has given us a exact description of how the gas chamber worked i don't know how i can describe it it's like i said it's gruesome but yeah. if i'm if i should then you know it's he says that honestly from outside it looked like a bakery right that's yeah. funny it actually part. did it it actually yeah. did yeah. yeah exactly and and when he got inside it first looked gave the impression of like some place that people go for a shower right they, right. they actually had instructions put up where they would tell people that remove your clothes here and and you you would imagine that this is where maybe like after a some kind of a gym or some kind of a place you have come here for a shower and right, right? and then you get into the underground gas chamber right? and and that's where they sort of put people in this one room and the gas mm-hmm. is let in and the way he has described the after effect of it right that the you would open up the door and you would find all the bodies just piled on the, at the door right it's because these people were trying to get out they would climb sure. on top of top of each other you you would just find this pile of human mangled mess sort of where and and they would have to they couldn't it was difficult to actually get the bodies out is what he said you know they would have to sort of pull them apart using even machines sometime that's the picture that you get you i mean it's something which will probably come come as a uh, nightmare nightmares, yeah. right true the one of the things again one of the most horrible things he has mentioned is sometimes they wouldn't have place there as well so especially during the end where they were trying to hide they tried to kill as many of these prisoners as they could so they even mm-hmm. dug pits and and they pushed and shoved either bodies or even alive prisoners in those pits they would put yeah. gasoline on them and just put them on fire right and worst is they would pick out their own melting fat and pour it back in so it would burn better i mean like i said it's that's dreadful that's the graphic part of the graphic novel there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's too much i don't know what else to say that's i think paints the exact picture and he was probably the la- one of the last few people to get out of auschwitz when when they were finally getting out he was probably one of the last right and for our listeners you know i would i would say and that's where the typical story ends right okay it would be like so he survived he went out of auschwitz many people survived and they they went their own ways but that's not exactly happened and i'll tell you why um art he actually has called out a chapter after he left auschwitz and the chapter's name is and here my troubles began at least in auschwitz vladek the prisoners they had they had place to move they had something to do but as uh, amu said that you know uh, the, the forces were coming in so all the prisoners were asked to board a train where you move the uh, there is a cattle movement right so they were asked to board the train each bogey each compartment of the train was so full of people that there was no place left even to stand 
they were standing like matches and if you fell you know others would just stand on you you would just scream and scream and scream but you wouldn't be able to get up and ultimately you would die in that as well vladek was very very resourceful luckily he carried kind of a a cloth a bed sheet with him and what he saw towards the you know and one of the corners of the of the compartment is two hooks where you would you know you probably would hang dead animals he tied his bed sheet there and climbed on someone else's shoulders and sat there that's how uh, was one of the crucial things that he did and it helped him survive from his compartment there were almost 200 people in his compartment and only 25 people survived at times these trains moved but for days and days it just stood still there was no food no water nothing only people were screaming and screaming asking the, the nazis to let them out and how would you survive right you know so what vladik did luckily he was near a window so what he would do he would pick up some snow and he would survive on it he would drink you know eat snow he would drink water out of it etc etc many other people were also resourceful but they carried food with, food with them like sugar and and or the moldy bread etc and he would actually exchange you know sugar with snow because when you eat when you eat sugar you need water so they would need water and he would give them water and they would give him some food weekly probably i think i remember weekly the door would open and the nazis would ask okay throw out your dead people and that's where as well the luck plays an important role you know their people you know that their train their bogey was lucky that actually uh, the nazis were checking up on them timely because in mm. some trains they didn't even bother to check the entire population in that train died because they were just locked up and imagine you all your filth because whatever you have to do you have to do it standing there you know if you have to pee you would just stand there and there would be filth all over and that filth would lead to small lice and that would lead to typhus uh, typhus as a, as a disease I, i remember after some time they would they were asked to move out of the train and slowly some morsel of food was fed to them some soup and bread on maybe uh, daily once or so but the even there the, the nazis would check the shirts if you had lice on your shirt then you would not get the food and again that was another survival tactic that how would you how would you live through that as well so ultimately what vladek did somehow he got to know that in in the nearby uh, makeshift hospital if you are hurt or if you are if you are infected other than typhus you know you would be taken care of he got some infection and he started irritating it regularly so maybe when any doctor came in and he would show that infection so he was taken to the infirmary and that's where he got i think better food i think twice or thrice a day but to just to stay long he would keep irritating it so that he he stays longer but ultimately you know he got he also got typhus and he was almost uh, on his deathbed but his resourcefulness his his focus on just saving for any unfortunate incident he would save all his soup all his all his bread under his bed because even even though he was given bread or soup he couldn't eat and he, what he would do he would trade these you know bread crumbs to uh, uh, seeking people help asking them to take him to relieve himself and one last opportunity came for for their for their section where it was told to them that 
the fit people in the group right i don't know how many were fit but the fit people were asked to board another train to take them out of this place and of course vladik was nowhere near to be fit he actually bribed you know he had saved so much that he bribed a couple of mates to carry him and make him appear that he is fit you know they he would uh, they would make while he was walking he would they would make jokes make him appear that he is part of them he is also fit and luckily the train that they boarded it took them to switzerland and just just think about it right his luck his resourcefulness his idea of always be prepared for worst case scenario just helped him and many other survivors and on top of all that hope hope of if at all if there is any possibility that he would be he would spend another good day with his wife anya i think that just kept him kept him pushing and pushing and ultimately survived this this ordeal but the other part to it you know how he was you know when when he when he grew old all this incident changed him all this this survival changed him because he became kind of an hoarder and it appeared as if you have to go through hardships to prove yourself and because mm. his family his his son didn't go through that hardship he would always keep telling his son the ultimately art the, the writer of this book that you're not good you know and that just bugged uh, arch pigelman i mean and that's why they had a very strained relationship throughout their lives but a question to you guys i mean i think how would you have survived how would we have survived and would it change us probably to our listeners as well i mean we have we are in a twitter world we are in a facebook world that yeah you know you could have done this you could have done that but we are not associated we are not living their lives so i am actually asking the listeners how would you think you have survived in such a, such a scenario and with that we would want to thank amrita for being here it's been a lovely episode lot of great things we learned and personally from my side thank you very much for the recommendation even though it didn't come directly it came from you to costup from costup to me it's been probably one of the most phenomenal books which i have read uh, and uh, i really recommend that the audience reads it thanks a lot amrita perfect this has been awesome it has been great fun something new for me to do as well and i'm looking forward to maybe joining you later some other time reading more books with you guys certainly thank you building on the theme of survival skills and battling through hardships in the next episode kostub and i pick up can't hurt me by david goggins a book that has everything to do with living a life beyond the comfort zone a story about the author himself the dreadful conditions in his family and how he trains himself not just to become a navy seal but what many refer to him as the toughest man on the planet This brings us to the end of this episode of the Book Talkies. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast and help us spread the word. We would truly appreciate any feedback that you may have. So please use the link in the description to leave your comments. Thanks again. See you in the next episode. Till then, happy reading.